0: Hello and welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast. Well, everybody, we got a super treat for you today. This is a repeat guest. So, we had our guest today, David Wood, on one of our top advisor marketing podcasts, episode number 222. We'll make sure that that's in the show notes. I found him to be an absolutely fascinating person who really talked about two major things number one, focus, and number two, how to have difficult conversations. Today's podcast is going to be no different. I'm super excited to welcome our guest, David Wood. David, welcome to the show. Be your own loud. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another live stream of Be Your Own Loud. Now, the focus of this is very, very simple. We want to bring unbelievable people for you to have a chance to learn from not only how they've unapologetically been themselves, but how you can rise above the noise and be your own loud, too. So I want to say hi to everybody who's all over the streaming networks. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitch, all sorts of places. Uh, So I want to say hi to everybody. And it's funny. I'm so happy to have David back on the show. So David wood focus.ceo, please, right now, if you're at your computer, open that up in a browser, because uh, we're going to go over some stuff that's on the site and in his brain. But David was on a top advisor marketing podcast over two years ago. And because of my interaction with him, he forced me to think about how I communicate with difficult conversations, number one, or two, intense conversations, and how I needed to work more, just being more present and in the moment. And uh, I was just talking to him about it, and as a coach, I know David knows this, but uh Sometimes you don't hear about how you've impacted people. And so we, we I wanted to get them on the show really very selfishly, just say thank you. That your your training, your thought leadership, I follow you all over social media, what you do for people to help them have not only difficult conversations, but greater focus is truly a remarkable thing. So I dude, I just want to say thank you for that.
1: Man, I'm so glad to be here. I forgot how much I enjoy hanging out with you. So I'm having a good time already. And that was an early podcast appearance for me. I think I was just getting started on being on podcasts and now there've been a couple hundred under the belt. So it's nice to kind of come back full circle and, well, and see you got, it again. You've got a new website. You've got
0: some new offerings, all of this stuff. So before we get there though, cause we're going to get to all of that, our audience really wants to hear, how did you get to where you are? Tell, tell us your story.
1: All right. The short version. And I didn't know this growing up, right? You can't see your story until later on and you get some perspective. But I grew up very left-brained. I lost my sister when I was seven years old and I watched her get killed in a in a traffic accident. And we didn't know therapy and grieving and all sorts of things back in, what was this, the 70s, and particularly in Australia. So What happened is I shut down my emotions and I just learned not to feel, and I used my left brain really well. I got, came top of my school and I got paid to go to university. I actually got a scholarship and university was free. So I didn't have student loans or anything. It was free university. Plus I got money to go to university. And then at the end of three years, I had the option to work for the company if I wanted to, or I could say, thanks a lot. I'll see you later. I was doing well. And then I got a job interview on Park Avenue in New York. And I was like, man, I've I've got it made. At the age of 23, I had an office on Park Avenue and I'm consulting to Sony Music and Ford and Exxon. And then someone said, mentioned a personal growth course called the Landmark Forum. And I thought, I've never really done anything like that. Maybe I should see if there's something in it for me. And I wasn't happy in my marriage. So I thought, let's see what I can find out. Now they all wore name tags and they smiled way too much. And so they kind of scared me, but I thought I'm going to get in and get out. I'm not going to be a self-help junkie. I'm not going to be someone who can't think for themselves and all of that bullshit that I was thinking back then. And I found that they actually cared about the world That was my revelation. They actually devoted their lives, these these teachers, to transformation and having the world be a better place. And I didn't think that was a thing. I thought they're just after my money. And so fortunately, they cracked my heart open and I was just weeping in the course and I accidentally coached somebody. I I couldn't help. someone was struggling with something, I said, well, what if you screwed up your courage And you made that confession with your partner and came clean after 10 years of lying, put everything on the line for the possibility of true love and connection. And she went and did it and transformed her relationship overnight. And I'm like, holy shit, this coaching stuff is powerful. I want more of this. So they said, if you keep on doing these courses, we'll train you as a coach. So I went back. They trained me as a coach. And a year later, I found out that someone was doing it for a living. This was 98. And I'm like, all right, sign me up for some of this. So I went and registered for a training program. And I've been coaching now since 1998. And I can't think of anything I'd, I'd really rather be doing. I love, my life has been about, oh, that's the important point I missed they cracked my heart open and I realized I knew nothing about vulnerability. I knew nothing about true authenticity or transparency or leadership or true influence. And so the first half of my life was about business and money and systems. And the second half has been more about connecting with the heart. Now with my clients, I'm unwilling to pick one or the other. If you come to me, you got to want more than money. We'll start with money. We'll work on your time off. But who are you as a human being? And are you getting the most out of life? One of the
0: things that I always I, I used to say as a coach was everything's on the table until you take it off. Right. And then even when they took stuff off, I didn't always let it go because I knew that there was something there that I needed to do address. So you have actually blended those two so well together that you have a system at least a framework and a foundation that you take your clients through would you mind sharing a little bit about that with our clients please or yeah. Our
1: yeah i have a framework for the left brain part right for the money systems business stuff because you see what happens is when you when you're in it when you're in the battle you can't you have no perspective you don't know that you're getting outflanked over here and this is happening you're just doing the fight And so it can help to have a structure to bring clarity. So the first thing I do is say, 12 months from now, what does success look like? That's the first thing. What's it look like? In fact, I go further. What would have you dance your ass off? It would almost literally fall off. You're calling your friends saying, I can't believe how excited I am. I, I just had something happen recently. I decided to audition for something in the theater. Oh, I did a play when I was five years old and nothing since. And I'm like, I want to see what this stuff is like. I went and auditioned. They offered me the lead in the play. I was calling everybody. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe it. I'm doing Dracula in a local. Wow. They picked me to do the Dracula. Wow. So, Like, what would have you be that excited? The next step is usually let's layer it because twelve months out is too far out. How do I relate what I do today to twelve months out? It's impossible. So, three months. What would be the milestones that would have you like? Yes, I'm right on track. Then we got to layer it back to the next week. What do you choose to care about for the next seven days? What's on your What's on your list? I just wrote down some posters today, which aren't showing on the screen. What do you choose to care about? And this is even more important. What will you agree not to care about for seven days? Oh, Yeah. Because the mind wants to do everything. The mind wants to handle everything and it's got fear of missing out. But when we try and do everything, we do it all badly and it's stressful. So I know this takes discipline, But you got to say, all right, for the next seven days, these are the things that are my absolute priority. And these are all the things that I want to do. I'm going to put them in a drawer until seven days are up and then I'll pull them out and we'll work out, we'll do it again. Yeah. And you have to have a system in place to create that weekly plan because you might pause this recording and you create a plan and you're all set for seven days. And then Two months later, you go, what happened? I, was, I had a, such a strong start. What happened? Well, you need to have a date with yourself once a week to write down that plan. It might be five minutes. I'm okay if you take five minutes to say, all right, next seven days, what makes it onto my desk and what doesn't? And then the last piece of, of this simple little system, and by the way, I, I've got a link where people can download the cheat sheet for this later on if we want to give it to them. The last step is, what am I going to do tomorrow? When I wake up and don't leave it until tomorrow to work that out, because then you, you might get lost in email, you get lost in voicemail and the whole day's shut. No, work it out the day before. I think four o'clock is a nice time. You set your alarm and say, all right, five minutes, maybe 20. It's up to you. Oh no, sorry. This is just for the, what am I going to do tomorrow? Five minutes is plenty. If I was only allowed to do two things tomorrow, If that was it, if I was only allowed to do two things for my life and business, what would they be? What would move the needle in my life and business? And I think, what an amazing question. And that'll help you focus the mind and then put it down on a couple of post-its, leave it up on your computer or on the desk. And here's a pro tip. When you wake up the next day, you can do your morning ritual might be a walk, might be dancing, might be making a smoothie, go to the bathroom, get your water, whatever it is. But do not check voicemail, do not check email, do not do anything for your life and business other than the two things that are on your list. Now, once those things are done, hey, everything's fair game. But this will help you move at probably twice the speed Towards the goals that you set. And all of this, Matt, only matters if you care about the speed you're moving at. If you don't care, if you're having a really good time doing what you're doing, you don't care and you're fine with the speed, don't do any of this stuff. Sure. But if you'd like to move at twice the speed towards your goals and maybe have some more peace and joy along the way, these things could really make a difference.
0: Well, so why does this work though? So uh, you've been coaching for 20 plus years now, almost 30 years, right? 30, my math good there. Well, 20, 20 plus, right? 20, 20, 20 yep. Yeah, 25. There you go. I have to ask you why, why is that incremental step so important to having your success accelerated those two things that you wrote stickies? Why does that work? Because,
1: Wow. What a question. It seems deep and shallow at the same time. <laughs> what came up for me was uh, orangutans. I just okay. think about orangutans. Orangutans are going about their day. They get get their food. They preen each other. They do all that stuff or whatever. But they're not building cities. They, they don't have the prefrontal cortex or whatever it is in our brain that, that does all that. So they don't have that. We have it, we don't always use it for planning, so we're just being orangutans often in the day. We're responding to emails, we're doing stuff. That's fine if you like the status quo, but if you want to create something in life, in time and space, new term came out of my mouth this morning, life sculpting came Ooh. out of my mouth, right? life sculpting. If you want to be the sculptor and actually shift your relationships and your life and your business and your bank account and whatever, well, then you're going to have to do some planning and you're going to have to stick to the plan. Largely. Some of us have that natural ability that if we just navigate by curiosity and don't plan anything, then things just come to us. Some people have that that's wonderful. But for the rest of us, like the secret, right? The secret, some people think, oh, I just need to envision it and we'll come. Well, that's a beginning. But Bill Harris, who was in the secret, used to say, that's crap. You envision it and then take a lot of massive action. You do the work. In the direction of what you want. So we have that ability If you're not going as fast as you want, recognize you may be doing the monkey thing. I say the mind is like a monkey on crack. And so if you allow it to be that and you just chase monkey treats, just don't be surprised if a month from now or a year from now, you're still wishing your business was doing better. You're wishing your relationship was better. You're wishing your kids would open up to you 50% more than they do. You're wishing your health was better. You're wishing all these things and you don't have it just know why that's all you can change it it takes a little bit of uh well no it takes a lot of discipline i just interviewed a billionaire well he doesn't like to be called that cuz i think technically it's not true but he's on his way but he he said you've got either got to work harder smarter or longer than everyone else and if if two of out of three aren't working then you're going to have to do all three and i thought that was that was very wise. Oh, I love how we can see the comments on the side. Aaron yeah, just said yeah. chasing monkey treats. But yeah, man, mon- monkey, like a monkey on crack is this mine. And it's like, oh, here's a monkey treat. I got a text message. I'll respond to that, get a little dopamine hit. Or I'll ch- I'll I'll cross off six emails. Boom, 30 off my list. Yeah, but did you go any faster towards the the those dance your ass off goals? No. You know, there's an admiral who does uh, commencement
0: speeches and his, his whole speech begins by talking about how you need to make your bed first thing in the morning. Everybody's like, well, what, what, what is that? Right. And for him, his, it's not about making the bed. Of course it's about planning something consistently in your life that you succeed at first thing will allow you to have exponential success later down the road. And that's why I love the stickies. I love that. I think that's fantastic. You sit down at your desk and you get those two things done that you know are going to help you with your long-term success. Because David, that's the kicker, brother. Everybody's like, well, I I know where I want to go. I, I, this has happened to you and me as, as coaches and as just people who care. People will say that, well, I know where I want to go. I just don't know how to get there. But they haven't broken it down into that level of simplicity. Just two things, right? Just get those two things done and then you're going to start seeing that snowball effect of how that's going to get you to that greater goal, that dance your ass off in 12 months. I think that's freaking brilliant.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to challenge something you just said. Your point's valid. Your point's valid, but I find you know, maybe less than half of people know where they want to go or have really put the thought into it. You might have it like, well, I want to make more money in my business. Okay. But but why? And what will that get you? Okay. Will that really make me happy? And then how much money will it take to make me happy? And then how much time am I willing to work? Okay, I'm going to achieve that and I'm working 50, 60 hours a week. Is that, is that what I want? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. So I think a lot of people have not actually put the time into it. When my friend in my men's group said, David, what would have you celebrate your ass off? I couldn't answer it. I had goals. But like they would have me like actually dancing and so thrilled. It was so hard. And I sat with it for three weeks before I came back to that men's group and and came up with with an answer. A lot of people have not actually put some time to think, what would I really like? I'll give you an e- example. This acting thing, I have been thinking about this for years. Every five or 10 years, I'll go and dabble in something, like I'll do a short film. Uh, like a student film and I'll, I'll I'll do something or every 10 years I'll be like, I, w- I want to get an agent and go for a couple of commercials and just see. And then so it falls by the wayside. And then I've been th- in my head, I've been like, I'd just love to move to LA one day and do a one year, two year immersion in acting training, get access to all my emotions, do all the personal growth that comes with that. And see what happens and maybe i get some great gigs maybe i don't but i want to find out i want to live that life didn't tell anybody and tell anybody and then now in boulder i i've started i just two months ago i started telling people and then someone said well do you want to come to an audition with me i'm going to audition for a play i was like i don't know how to audition but i'll come and i'll read some lines and if they like it i'll read some more and then things started snowballing now i'm in a playing the lead in a play and i'm i'm in a playback theater troupe doing improv i got an acting class once a week i'm learning accents i'm doing all this stuff just out of speaking it but i didn't i didn't know that that was a direction that would actually have me be happy it took a little it took years now had i worked with a coach on it and a coach might have challenged me and said why don't you dip your foot in the in the, dip your toe in the water right now with something and just see what happens? Maybe I could have been on this path ten years ago.
0: Now you just you said something and I can't let this go, David. Which is what is going to make you have you dance your ass off in twelve months?
1: Yeah, as I said it, I thought I think Matt's going to pick up on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, acting wise, I feel like. I feel like I'm already there because I just love like, I got 30 hours of rehearsals a week for five weeks. And and then we perform for six weeks right up to Halloween. And and I'm happy about it. And this is the guy who's had fatigue for years. And I'm I'm just happy about it. And when I got the when they I got the email saying, I first said sorry. It said, Oh, I'm sorry, it took so long. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a sorry. And then it said, we'd like to offer you Dracula. I'm like, oh. Are you? What? my roommate lives downstairs. I call him straight away. I'm like, dude, I just got this. So I'm already getting that. I think something else that would have me do the happy dance is having a relationship with someone that I really love and in, really enjoy their company. And we're making life decisions together. I think I would really enjoy that game. So that's a goal of mine. And the book, the mini books already ready but the full book will be ready by january and i i would i would really be thrilled to see that making a difference in people's lives if people are writing in saying this is what i did i just named a mouse with someone and i can i can get into what that means but i just named a mouse i shared my experience with someone and it went really well and we're so much more closely connected it's changed everything i want to get messages like that. I would like people to be reaching out to me saying, can I interview on the book? you on the book? I love the book. We wanna get you on this TV show. If Name That Mouse becomes part of the public consciousness and people are going up to people saying, can I name a mouse with you? Or kids saying to parents, mommy, can I name a mouse with you? That would make me very, very happy
0: beautiful transition my friend cuz that's absolutely where I want to go. Let's talk about the mice. Let's talk about the elephant. Let's talk about the books. Where did this come from and tell us what the the philosophy is here.
1: Yeah, thank you. It came from I was helping I was training people in how to how to be authentic in a business setting and a corporate setting and how to be a consultant like that. I was I was assisting a friend of mine in this course and one of the Assistance. One day, she just said, "You've got to name the thing." And we're like, "What do you mean?" She said, "You've got to name the thing. Whatever the thing is in between you, or the thing that's going on for you, you're trying to talk about something else. You've got to name the thing, and then you can talk about whatever it is you think you're supposed to talk about." And and I thought that was so powerful. And I and I assume she was talking about let's suppose let's suppose. We're having a meeting, but I'm feeling embarrassed about how the last meeting went. Maybe I insulted you. I said something and it hasn't been talked about. Now, if it's really big, if it was a huge fight and I'm not saying anything and it's present for both of us, that's an elephant. We all know about that. And, and so I know we have that in our culture. We have name, name, talk about address the elephant in the room. But what I realized as she was saying over and over you' got to name the thing is that many creatures in the room are much more subtle yeah there's there's a mouse in the room and it might be just I feel embarrassed about the last meeting but I don't know if you're holding for you it might have been fine I just wish I'd done it differently that's a mouse I want to I, I thought what what will people relate to? They know the elephant. Let's introduce them to the concept of the mouse. So the, the title of the book, the working title actually right now, I know um, if you're watching the video right now, you can see name that mouse behind me, but we're also working, we might just call it the mouse in the room, the mouse in the room. Cause everyone knows about the elephant, but did you know about the mouse in the room? And There are two different categories of mice. One could be they're just so subtle. I named an appreciation mouse with you earlier. I said, I forgot how much fun I had hanging out with you. That's a mouse, right? You didn't know about it and it's not huge. It's just quite subtle, but it was part of my experience. I shared it with you. Maybe we felt a little more connected out of doing it. Then there are big mice and uh, we call these rodents of unusual size. Yay, Princess Bride reference. Heck yeah, dude. They could be huge. They could be the size of an elephant, but it's a mouse because the other person may not know about it. That's why it it doesn't qualify as an elephant. So let's suppose I cheated on my partner 10 years ago, and I've been carrying that around for 10 years. That's a pretty damn big mouse. And I would encourage people to find an artful way to name it. Now there are risks. Oh, Jennifer's just said, cannot wait to read this book. Name the mouse, the mouse in the room. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, I'll give you guys a link. You can go and get the mini book right now. It's got beautiful illustrations. We've identified six different types of mice. It'll give you tips on how to get started right away. Contribute a little money towards the production of the book. We'll give you that. We'll give you the Kindle when it comes out as well. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled because I, here's, here's why, Matt. I think we hide our mice. We do mouse hiding as a default. I wasn't asked as a kid, David, how do you feel about that? My parents didn't ask me that, so I didn't even know I had feelings. I was just logical and left-brained, and I jumped to a solution, which I hear is a trauma response, but I didn't know. So now I get quite excited about the idea of, wait, what is going on for me? When someone asks me, how are you? I take that as, as an opportunity to stop, check in, close my eyes and go, how am I? Well, I feel kind of grounded and still, and there's a sense of anticipation about this call that we're about to have. That Those are my mice, that's what's going on for me. And then they might be like, oh, wow, hearing that, I notice I feel pretty grounded too. And, I, and I'm excited about this call, right? Those are their mice. So let's be more transparent. If we don't do it, we create disconnection. That's the default. And we're so disconnected, we don't even know it because everyone else is disconnected. But the vulnerability aspect,
0: and what I'm hearing you say here, is, is that, that you are attempting to change people's way of fundamentally communicating, whether that's at the beginning, middle, or end when these mice become apparent and in, in your consciousness. But that's not business, right? I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, my friend. Business is posturing, it's I'm stronger than you, blah, blah, blah. But what you're talking about here changes the relationship in the world of business. Can you talk about that a little bit more, please?
1: Yeah, we often think, like we wanna strategize and we wanna manipulate. I know that's a bad word, but we're, we're always trying to get what we want. And that's valid, I think the ego should do that. The thing is, the brain doesn't have a billionth of the information it needs to actually make the perfect right decision. So here we are trying to control life badly for the most part. Now, sometimes it works and I just manipulated someone into a sale. Okay. All right. Fine. Not a big deal. But if we do that all the time, we're not bringing our true selves to the relationship. And what happens is people will feel that. And ultimately- They'll go and deal with someone else, particularly if they have a good bullshit meter. They'll feel this person isn't real. Same same in dating. You know, if you're just telling a story, if you're doing pick up 101 and lying to someone to try and get them into bed, there's a good metaphor actually that you can live life like that. I know a guy who wrote a book called Around the World in 80 Babes, one of the people I would least want to be in a room with, right? <laughs> He had a wow. lot of sex, did not yeah. trust that guy at all. Now, in a business yeah. context, if you're posturing and just big noting yourself and all of that, I, I'm gonna feel it and I'm probably I'm gonna be like that guy's a dick, even though I don't say it to, to their face. But if someone's willing to be real with me and say, Hey David, I notice I I really I really want to get your business. I want to work with you, and I think you'd be a great advocate. And so I notice a lot, of, a lot of what I've been saying in this call is is geared towards that. And I just wanted to name it, I wanted to put that on the table. And having said that, now I realize I can let go of it. I feel less attached. If it's going to serve you, then yes, that'd be awesome. And if it's not, I realize in this moment, then I truly don't want us to work together if it's not going to serve you. Like I just made all that up, but there's an example that's going to build trust with someone else. Now, I'm not saying that you lose all of your filters. Don't die, you know, hide nothing does not mean share everything. So, (laughs) Thank you for clarifying that, dude. Yeah, so you're not gonna go to the boardroom if you're the CEO and go, oh my God, we're running off a cliff, the economy's tanking, I got no plan, I don't know what to do, help. We don't do that, you do that with your coach you do that with your close friends and advisors, and then you might go and find an artful way to say it. Hey, some of you might be feeling scared in this current climate. I don't blame you. Sometimes I do as well. We don't have all the answers yet, but together we will find them and we will work them out. Right? There are ways to do it that can still have you be connected and have you not collapse. What, what someone said to me once is don't share something while you're still bleeding from it. Ooh. So, because on stage, I wanted to be transparent about everything. I was like, how can I talk about transparency if I'm not, you know, don't tell all my skeletons or talk about a crime I committed when I was 15. Like, what if I don't, I have to tell that. Well, firstly, if you're still bleeding from it, don't share it. Do that with your therapist or process it with someone else, get yourself together. And then secondly, some things just aren't anybody's business there is room for privacy. And I didn't I didn't understand that for a long time. So I don't share everything with everyone, but we go way too far the other direction. So don't take this as license of like, oh, I don't need to name my mice with people. No, nine times out of 10, find a way to artfully name that mouse and then let the universe decide what should happen. I love not
0: talking about something or not bringing it up while you're still bleeding from it. And I think Number one, there is a time and a place for that, which, again, would be with therapy, partner, close friends, those sorts of things. But do you name those things too, David? So we've talked about naming the elephant that's in the room, which most of us are are, are aware of, and then naming the mice, regardless of the size, all the way up to rodents of unusual size. But do you name those also to make sure that you're not... Does identifying those within you make it so that you're going to be less willing to share them or that you've got that filter in place? I need to talk about the filter a little bit more because one of the things that I brought you on the old show is because of you just did it scripting wise. It was freaking beautiful. You're a CEO. World's coming to an end. Instead of running into the room saying, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. You just created a very artful way to have a conversation with somebody about a difficult conversation, right? That's you. That's so in how I picture you, that's, that's how you exist in my mind is that person who can communicate very, very rough, difficult things in a way that starts conversation and allows people to have conversation. But I think people need to understand the filter part better. How do you help people understand what should be named as a mouse, what should be shared as a mouse and
1: what shouldn't be? my brain loaded up two things hearing that one, one it loaded up some techniques to, because, because the, I'm enjoying your appreciation of how I did that example and I can break it down. There are some things that you can do to make it go much better, but how to decide if you're going to name a mouse or not. Okay. Firstly, is this a relationship that you're, that, that it would pay off to invest in? So, if it's someone I've just met on the street and they do something that I I don't think is very cool, am I really gonna invest in this? No, I'm not not gonna see them again. The the person who actually kept saying name the thing, I had an interaction with them. They were gonna come to a party I had and I realized I felt a bit off about them coming to the party. I was worried about them taking all the attention. Sure, It was my birthday party. (laughs) And so I named a, a difficult mouse with with her and she chose not to come to the party. Now that felt complete to me. We haven't spoken since, but we weren't good friends. I I don't really see that person. So I don't, but if I'm gonna see her in a lot of circles or I'm gonna be working with that person, then I'm gonna put more time into it. My housemate, a lot of things have come up that it felt haven't felt good for either of us. And so we have a house meeting. We've had four of them now. We sit down and I set a timer. Three minutes and one of us goes and speaks uninterrupted and we keep going back and forth until we're done. Now, I chose to do that because it's worth the investment for me to have a good living environment. Now that he's moving out in a, in a few days and I knew it was 30 days notice, I've been less likely to invest time in correcting things. And also, some of my investment did not pay off very well when I tried to share what was going on for me, and I said, hey, I'm in mystery. I don't understand why you're so upset. Can you clue me in? The response I got back was, you're delusional if you can't see what you did. Okay, I'm bringing everything I got here to communicate, and it's not hitting well. There might be some logic flaws in this brain I'm dealing with, so I I decided to invest less. I'm like, look, doesn't seem like it's working for either of us. Why don't we 30 days and find somewhere else and I'll, I'll help you move. So I guess one thing is how important is the relationship? The more important it is, and I'm going to have to deal with this person. I'm going to invest a lot more in mouse naming. How receptive are they? Now I'm hesitant to say this, This is a mouse. that's just popped up for me. I'm hesitant to say this because people might use that as an excuse. Oh, that person's not receptive. That person's just not generally open. Oh, my boss is never, he's never going to hear. You have no idea. If you read the book or the mini book and you follow the steps, you'd be amazed. I called a boss that I sued once And I called him to say, look, I just wanted to check, is there any bad blood between us? Because I I wouldn't want that. And he ended up at the end of that conversation sharing about his divorce. We'd never had a personal conversation. We had never had a personal conversation. He opened up to me. And I've had that happen over and over again. Now, look, it's not always going to go well. It's messy, but it's very messy not naming your mice as well.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So the foundation of this
1: show is to help people
0: figure out how they can rise above the noise in their area of expertise to be their own loud. And what we figured out, David, is that part of great marketing, great communication, great content is unapologetically being yourself. Now, do you think through this process of naming your mice, do you think about the process of learning the filters and the communication, do you believe that that helps people better understand themselves and what they should put out into the world so that people can have a real connection?
1: Love that question. You see, the problem as we started writing Name That Mouse or The Mouse in the Room was we realize that most people are not trained in even knowing what's happening with themselves right I, as I said my parents didn't say how are you feeling I didn't I didn't have a lot of I had a teacher once say just be more in your body and I, I was the one everyone just nodded and I put my hand up what are you talking about yeah Ooh, what is, what is be in your body and someone had a practical suggestion she said you could start by wiggling your toes. And I was like, oh, I can do that. Wiggle your toes. Brings a little attention to my toes. All right. That's a start. Now, right now, in this moment, I feel in my body. I just put my attention on my body. I'm aware of like electricity here. As we start to to my hope is as we start to name our mice, we will become more aware. Now. It won't always happen in the interaction. So I'm talking with you, Matt, maybe you're a client and you've just said, hey, I'm not happy with services. I might have a fight or flight or freeze response. I'm you know, i feeling bad, I don't really know what to say. And then maybe I can spot it in the moment. Hey, I notice I kind of froze. I'm feeling a little bit defensive and that's not serving anyone. So I'd like to let go of that. Can we slow it down a little bit? Now that would be amazing if I can spot it real time. More often than not, you're going to realize it later. Maybe you're talking to a friend or you're complaining and you realize, oh, this is what was going on then. I felt defensive. I felt attacked and I wanted to defend myself. And I wasn't actually listening to Matt. I wasn't really listening to his to his grievances. I wasn't getting curious about it. I might realize all that later then I can go back and say, hey, I've realized some things about my experience. Can I share them with you? And I think I want to share them with you because I could do a better job of, of listening to you. I wasn't listening very well. So now we're getting into like how you name a mouse. So I just asked for consent and I gave some context. Oh, I, I didn't realize the things now. I realize them uh, back then, I do re- realize them now, and I might share a positive intention. I'd like to share it so that I can get, understand you better and maybe improve as a coach. Right? There's a positive intention. And then if I'm afraid to share it, that's another mouse. That's a new mouse. Hey, and I noticed that I'm nervous about sharing it with you because you seem to get angry in in a, in a another interaction we had, and I'm worried you might be angry now, and I still want to share it with you because I think it'll serve us both. Is that okay? So it's funny you you work out one mouse and another few pop up. They breed. I, I remember when I was sitting in with the same teacher, I wait for the microphone to share how excited I was about something. By the time the microphone got to me, I was terrified because now I'm going to speak in front of a group. But I wouldn't I wouldn't name that. I would just share the thing that I had been excited about, but now I'm not excited about it. And it was weird for everybody because I'm sharing about excitement while I'm terrified. and they're like, this guy, this guy, I, I just don't trust him. That's what they they didn't know why. So hopefully now I would catch it. Hey, I wanted to share about this this excitement thing and I still do. and right now I'm terrified because I have the mic. And you guys don't need to do anything about that. I'm okay being terrified. I just wanted to name it because it might be weird trying to sound excited when I'm terrified. Now they can get me. Now they're like, oh, that makes total sense. And there's congruence. And someone had asked that I share one of the accents I'm learning about. So I'll just say, oh, and away, way, Halloran, you're great. <laughs> you're just great. So there you go. That's one of the accents I'm working on. Well, I want to thank you. That was Indian, by the way. That was my (laughs) Indian accent. (laughs) Uh, Well,
0: I want to thank you very much once again for for enlightening our audience on a lot of this stuff. What's the best way for people to reach out to you,
1: David? Thank you. I created a link that'll take you to a hidden page on my site that's got a gift basket of goodies. Uh, It's got the cheat sheet for how to get twice as much done in half the time. Uh, there's a video on how to implement it and it'll take you also to the name that mouse page where you can get the mini book right now and also share about it if you want with your community like look what these guys are doing let's let's help them let's help them along and you can do all of this at myfocusgift.com myfocusgift.com will take it all those things and if you heard something in this interview and thought, I could go faster with coaching and I want to go faster in my business. Then there'll be a link there where you can request a phone call with me and we'll see if we're fit.
0: I want everybody to just think about that. A lot of times you'll get something from Kickstarter or Indiegogo or anything like that. And you're like, wow, that's a really cool tech gift, right? Or a tech thing that I want to support. We should do that with thought leadership too. I've never really understood why more people aren't doing what David's doing there, which is being able to say, Hey, look, what, why don't you contribute to this because it's only going to make it bigger, faster, stronger, better. Uh, So David, we just, we're going to share all of those on, on our, in our show notes and also here through the live stream. If everybody takes a look at the chat, the micfocusgift.com is there. And David, I want to thank you so much. Uh, It was an absolute honor to meet you a number of years ago. It's been an honor to follow you and to watch the development of of just who you continue to become, because it's not a finite thing. It's a wonderful opportunity to to continue seeing growth. You, you got to follow him on LinkedIn. Everybody will make sure that his, his LinkedIn stuff is there, too. But I just want to thank you very much. I'm just going to do a quick wrap up. So I just want to say thank you for the, being on
1: the show. Well, thank you. And I want to name an appreciation mouse because not all mice are negative. Your advocacy when I met you blew me away. I'd never had anybody say, This is amazing. You're a former actuary talking about life. We need this message. And you introduced me to seven people like that within 24 hours. And almost every one of those interactions has led to another interview. One led to a training that I've given for, for people. I'd never experienced such blatant advocacy. And thank you for that. It really means a lot to me.
0: Awesome. Well, my appreciation, Mouse, is you just don't meet people like you very often, right? And so I'm so grateful when not only do I, and this is why I believe I have one of the greatest jobs in the world, is because I get to bring people like you to an audience that might not have heard your message or might not have had a chance to experience you. Getting to the idea of how all of this helps all of you create real authentic content that will allow you to be your own loud everything David said supports that naming mice wow could you imagine how engaging some of that could be with your existing clients could you imagine just having a little bit more vulnerability and accept that this is who you are and showing that to more people how powerful that would be and make sure that you go ahead and check us out on social media please everybody we would love to be able to help all of you a little bit more but most importantly if you feel that you want to have somebody in your life who's going to help you get those two things done every day, which cascades into something even greater, if you want to learn from somebody that can help you name some of the things in your life that you need to name in order to be more successful, please go to focus.ceo and connect with David on social media. So for all of us at Proudmouth, this is Matt Haller, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to Be Your Own Loud, where we reverse engineer success to help you accelerate your influence and break free from the torment of sales. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast, share with others in your company or profession, follow us on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the influence accelerators. Visit us at proudmouth.com and join our Influence Accelerator Academy for free to enhance your marketing mindset and know-how.